Psalm 19.1 in the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God. I've seen the glory of God this morning. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Oh, my goodness. Thomas Miller, happy Saturday to you. Welcome to the weekend. We're closing up July and moving into this big aspect of what I went out to see this morning. If I'll take, could just take two minutes of your time, I'll tell you about this. I went on a walk last night and got back in and sat down, no offense, Ray, to read this newsletter. <laughs> Conk. Went to sleep, fell asleep on the couch. So my sleep schedule was off, and having fallen asleep so early, I was up early. So I thought, "Mm, oh, Uranus. Now, seeing things in this little area where I am in western North Carolina can be a little difficult because of the mountains and the trees and the clouds. Well, thanks to good old magical Lake Junaluska, where our group is going to be gathering this coming week, I was able to see Uranus in the sky. There was a break in the clouds and a perfect view. And oh my goodness, to be looking at Mars literally just one degree and 39 minutes away from Uranus, the very planet of astrology itself, pure magic. Uranus discovered in 1781, the first planet discovered with the use of a telescope, And then looking across the ecliptic line, which was so visible this morning, here is Uranus, Mars, then Jupiter, then Neptune, then Saturn, and then way out there, Pluto. So using binoculars and kind of wafting in and out of the cloud banks moving through, I was able to stare at Uranus and just captivated by it. I had put this article in our Facebook group yesterday, the Subconscious Mind Mastery and Fun Astrology podcast listeners on Facebook, about being able to see Uranus today, Saturday, which of course is gone, and then tomorrow. So if you too would like to fall asleep about 8.45, get up at 2, go for it. It's a great view. And the nice thing about it is it's rising in the sky as the morning progresses. So I think I got out there about 3.30, and between then and 5, it really moved up in the sky. So it was great. It's a good view. Right above Mars, too, by the way, is the Wilson-Harrington Comet asteroid, which is tiny, tiny. But it's up there. (laughs) It's like you can see it. Not sure you're quite sure what you're looking for, but it's not a comet tail comet. But it's an asteroid up there that was discovered about 100 years ago, 80 years ago. And it's appearing right now. So it's up there, too. The hand of God in the sky. All right, we've got a lot of business to do, financial business. Let's turn our sights on that. We've got a fairly lengthy MMA forecast from Ray Merriman. Of course, what we've been doing on Saturdays is reading the Merriman Market Analyst MMACycles.com weekly forecast. This is written every week by Ray Merriman, a former analyst who has been analyzing and writing about the sky and the charts and the markets since the early 1980s has given us a blessing to be able to read and interpret a little bit or explain a little bit of his newsletter here on Saturdays, for which, of course, we are grateful. All right, let's get into this, beginning with three quoted headlines, first from CNBC. The Federal Reserve on Wednesday enacted its second consecutive three-quarters of a percentage point interest rate increase, as it seeks to tamp down runaway inflation without creating a recession. 
Jerome Powell says he doesn't think the economy is in recession, though growth was negative in the first quarter and expected to be barely positive in the second quarter. Think about what a recession is, he says. It's a broad-based decline across many industries that's sustained more than a couple of months. That doesn't seem like now. The real reason is the labor market has been such a strong signal of economic strength that it makes you question the GDP data. Again, from CNBC, July 27th. Then, from Fox Business on July 28th, this... The U.S. economy shrank in the spring for the second consecutive quarter, meeting the criteria for a so-called technical recession. Gross domestic shrank by 0.9% on an annualized basis in the three-month period from April through June. Economists expected the report to show the economy had expanded by 0.5%. And then from LiveScience.com, two skyscraper-sized asteroids are zooming toward Earth this weekend, with one making its closest approach on Friday, the second whizzing by on Saturday. And no, neither of those are the Wilson-Harrington one that I mentioned earlier. These are in addition. One is 400 feet across, the other is 600 feet across. They will stay outside the moon's orbit so you can sleep tonight. Now to the newsletter. Interest rates rise sharply again as gross domestic product falls into negative territory for the second consecutive quarter, and two asteroids are barreling toward Earth this weekend, and the stock market loves it. It sounds like Jupiter rising. Actually, Jupiter is peaking. That is, the big guy turned retrograde in Aries on Thursday, and this weekend, July 30th, will be trined by the sun. When a planet turns retrograde or is in opposition to the sun, it can be said that its cosmic strength is peaking. In layman's terms, that means that the themes and areas of life that the planet rules are highlighted. With Jupiter, it is optimism and euphoria. Suddenly, the narrative has changed from the anxiety about the economy entering a recession to the belief that it is instead about to exit a recession. The Fed's aggressive rate hiking is a sign it is no longer behind the curve with inflation, but now in front of it. Like Jupiter itself, the market is forward-looking and hopeful about the future. What isn't seen by the layman is that Mars, the aggressor, is waiting in the wings next week with Uranus and the moon's north node in Taurus and ready to take the lead just as soon as Jupiter starts to sleep off its drunkenness. But does that mean a reversal or an acceleration of the new bullish trend? With Uranus, the master of disruption, you never know until you are there. With the sun in Leo, it's all like a game and the party guys are winning, hence the celebratory mood that the worst is behind us. But, as with all things Jupiterian, the market can get ahead of itself and overestimate the reality of the situation. In Asia and the Pacific Rim, the markets of Japan, India, and Australia enjoyed a stellar week, with each soaring to new monthly highs. In the case of India, the rally was a three-month high. However, it was not so euphoric in China and Hong Kong, 
The latter fell to its lowest level in a month, and the Shanghai Composite continues near its lows of the past month. In Europe, all major indices rallied last week. The most impressive was right here in Amsterdam, where I am currently residing, and where the AEX skyrocketed to its highest level since April 5th. The German DAX, Zurich SMI, and the London FTSE all made new monthly highs, even as interest rates rose and Russia started cutting off gas supplies to nations in the Eurozone. It is going to be a very challenging winter in Europe without enough heating oil. But after record-breaking heat recently, it seems no one is looking that far ahead yet. That could start to change as early as next week, because really, people here are concerned. They are in serious discussions about rationing energy, and I suspect that will be very much highlighted as Mars, heat, comes into a square aspect to Saturn, rationing, on August 7th. In the Americas, stock markets were also robust and euphoric last week, typical of Jupiter in Aries, reaching its retrograde station point. Bovespa of Brazil, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and the S&P all made new monthly highs, and the Nasdaq rallied to its highest level in over two months. As impressive and bullish as stock indices were last week, gold and silver were more exciting. After falling to a new multi-month low of 1678.40 the prior week, July 21st, and right into our buy zone of 1675, gold went parabolic on the Fed's interest rate hike, reaching 1784.50 on Friday, July 29th. Silver was also spectacular. It rose above $20 for the first time since July 1st, after bottoming at 1802 mid-month. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crude oil also enjoyed nice rallies last week. After dropping to a low of 90.56 on July 14th, crude oil roared back above $100 to new multi-week high of 101.88 on Friday, and Jupiter also co-rules crude oil. And the cryptos rallied to their highest mark since mid-June. All in all, it was a good week for many markets just the way Jupiter likes to throw a summer party. Now, the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts. And a quote from the Wall Street Journal on July 26th, an article entitled, Surprise! A Divided Congress is Making Bipartisan Progress. Although partisan polarization is wider and deeper than it was a generation ago, the center hasn't vanished. There is still an appetite for common-sense responses to widely recognized problems. Accordingly, a large majority of Democrats have coalesced with a sizable minority of Republicans to promote the common defense and general welfare. When ideology yields to reality, progress is the result. And then from History.com, an article entitled Nazis Take Czechoslovakia. On September 30, 1938, Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, French Premier Edouard Deladier, and Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain signed the Munich Pact, which sealed the fate of Czechoslovakia, virtually handing it over to Germany in the name of peace. Although the agreement was to give into Hitler's hands only the Sudetenland, 
that part of Czechoslovakia where three million ethnic Germans lived. It also handed over to the Nazi war machine 66% of Czechoslovakia's coal, 70% of its iron and steel, and 70% of its electrical power. Without those resources, the Czech nation was left vulnerable to complete German domination. The Jupiter-Saturn cycle, highlighted in the Forecast 2022 book and webinars, is unfolding as forecasted in terms of the collective psychology, not to mention most financial markets, too. That is, the path of moderation and balance is beginning to overtake the forces of extremism, right and left, and conspiracy theories that have dominated the political and social narrative in the 21st century. And it is beginning to show up as these two planets enter the first one-eighth phase of their cycle, the semi-square, since their synodic cycle began December 21, 2020. In astrology, Jupiter and Uranus are the planets of extremism. Saturn is the planet of resistance and contraction. So when Jupiter and Saturn come together, as they did December 21, 2020, the path forward is only likely to succeed if policies not too big and not too small, not too rushed and not too slow, are followed. This is the path of moderation and will be a guideline to success during the 10-year waxing phase between these two planets. Extremism and division, so pronounced during 2021 with Saturn square Uranus, is now beginning to give way more and more to principles of balance and unity. In terms of market and geopolitical forces, this also augurs well for the dawn of a new day. No, extremism is not dead, for Saturn and Uranus have another bout of their waning square coming up in September 21st through the 28th. And that, too, will be exaggerated because Jupiter will be at their midpoint, semi-square to each. But the greater cycle to watch is that of Jupiter separating from Saturn, which will be the case for the remainder of this decade. In the first one to three years following a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, there is usually a military crisis in the world and an economic market drawdown or contraction. The economic and market lows usually coincide within three months of the single passage of the waxing semi-square between these two planets and within one month of a three-passage series. This time it will be a three-passage series. The first pass took place on July 21, 2022. The second will be on September 21st and the third will be March 21st of 2023. Now again, that is the semi-square, 45-degree, one-half of a 90-degree square aspect between Saturn and Jupiter. That aspect appears those three dates, July 21st, September 21st, and then March of next year because of, of course, the retrogrades. What he's talking about here is what happens during this first aspect since their conjunction. Usually, the low point is between the first and second passes, and then both the equity markets and the economies of the world begin to expand over the next two to five years. 
So it is possible that the market low just occurred with the primary cycle trough of June 17th, one calendar month before the aspect series began. However, we can't yet rule out another test within one month on either side of September 21st. In the last instance of this aspect, the U.S. markets bottomed within a week of the first passage in October 2002. That was the low following the break of the dot-com bubble under the Saturn-Uranus waxing phase of 1999 to 2000, as well as the Jupiter-Saturn injunction of May 28, 2000. Sound familiar? That was my injection. The European markets bottomed in the same month as the second passage of the semi-square, which was in March 2003, and as the war with Iraq broke out. So here we are again, at the same one-eighth phase of the Jupiter-Saturn cycle. Given that this time we seem to be moving more towards the center again, which is the path of moderation in which Jupiter-Saturn is most likely to experience success, there is a renewed hope for the future of humankind, in my opinion. Shorter term, however, we are about to enter one of the most unstable and potentially dangerous cosmic times of the year, August through November. It starts this week with the rare conjunction of Mars, Uranus, and the Moon's north node in the money sign of Taurus. Each of these planets are also square to Saturn. Whereas last week, Jupiter reigned supreme and all was well in the financial markets of planet Earth, the pendulum may shift to the more aggressive and resistance themes of Mars, Uranus, and Saturn through the first two weeks of August. At that same time, transiting Mars will also conjunct the New York Stock Exchange Mercury and Sun and will square its natal Pluto. That will happen between August 8th and 16th. This is a consistent signature for a sharp, but possibly short, drop in the equity markets. The good news is that many world equity markets appear to have started a new, longer-term bullish cycle. So, the downside may be limited. That is, the cycle's picture is very bullish. The geocosmic picture is very intense and possibly violent, which brings me to the next subject. These geocosmic signatures can surprise in their intensity of both rising and or falling prices and are often caused by major disruptions from nature or human-induced threats to security. Regarding the latter, it seems as if Russian President Putin, a Libran, ruled by Venus, is following the very playbook of Nazism in the late 1930s that he claims to be fighting against in Ukraine today. The manipulation, withholding, and suppression of energy for certain countries, like Germany, that he has entered into an agreement with, but at the same time he resents, seems like a mad experiment to see how much suffering he can inflict and how much suffering others can take before expiring. This is the potential horrific side of Mars, Uranus, Saturn. There's more, but let's not go there yet. And yet, once again, leaders in Europe and even Germany may be willing to appease him and sacrifice their ally, Ukraine, 
just as France and England sacrificed their ally, Czechoslovakia, to Hitler. A Taurus, also ruled by Venus. The sacrifice for his promise to stop the war and end his conquest of other nations. In other words, they tried to appease him and made a deal that he immediately broke. Hitler lied. He took control of Czechoslovakia and then continued his quest of invading other nations, despite his promise that he would be satisfied and his mission to save the Germans in Czechoslovakia, who wanted to be rescued, would be accomplished. As amazing as the replay of this historical theme is today, just as amazing is that 84-year orbital cycle of Uranus in the same part of the heavens, mid-Taurus, as it was back then. And in light of my morning this morning, all I can say to that is, wow, my injection. Now, Ray's final quote of the week, one I am sure everyone is aware of. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. With Jupiter in the early stages of its waxing phase to Saturn, I see reason to be hopeful that today's leaders know their history. I am sure that Vladimir Zelensky does. Hopefully the leaders of Germany, France, England, the United States, and other nations do too. And that's the MMACycles.com weekly financial newsletter for August 1st, 2022. I have very few additional comments. Ray basically covered it all and covered it thoroughly. The only other macro dynamic in the sky that I keep in mind is the conjunction between Saturn and Pluto, which happened on January 12, 2020, being that pivotal epic era shift that we are all under. That was the bookend of 2020 because in December of that year is the aspect that Ray is following here, the trigger of Saturn and Jupiter conjoining in the sky, and now both having moved to this 45-degree separation semi-square. I especially appreciate his research back to the dot-com bust when these same aspects were all in place. We have to ask ourselves, will history repeat itself? Well, if that June 17th low in the U.S. financial markets holds, then history is not repeating itself quite as much because this will amount to less than a 20% drop where the dot-com bust on the NASDAQ for the tech stocks was a full 80% and it stayed down for 10 years. So if this bounce continues and we go up and up and up from here, then, well, we missed a great buying opportunity if you didn't load up your portfolio on that bottom. But we also might, as he's saying here, have another sharp spike down because of this configuration that I was out looking at this morning. Now, he mentioned something here that's also interesting that we haven't mentioned here before. Taking the New York Stock Exchange natal chart, you'd like the coordinates for that. It is May 17th, 1792, 1010 a.m., New York, New York. Now, on Astro Data Bank, that is a Rodden rating double D, meaning that it is conflicting times. So you might also want to look at that chart with the sun on the ascendant. And that's after casting it at noon instead of 1010. So two ways you could look at it, 1010 a.m. or cast it to 12 noon and put the sun on the ascendant. 
But that natal chart does show Mercury at 23 degrees in Taurus, and it's in a square to Pluto, as he mentioned, also 23 degrees in Aquarius. What Ray didn't mention is that Saturn is sitting on top of the New York Stock Exchange, Pluto, at 23 degrees Aquarius. So yes, you have the Mars-Uranus-North Node conjunction sitting on top of the New York Stock Exchange, Mercury, and Sun. That squaring Pluto with transiting Saturn sitting on top of it. And by this time next week, the transiting Sun will be sitting right on top of the New York Stock Exchange, Uranus. Wow. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. A friend of mine and I have been watching this gas situation in Europe Gas closed the week at $8.22. That's quite a bit up from a typical seasonal price of for natural gas this time of year, probably $2. But since we're looking back at charts, let's take a look at Germany for a quick second. And you know, with these European countries, it's hard to know what chart to pick. So I'm just picking the most recent, the Germany reunification chart, October 3rd, 1990, This one's set to 12 a.m. Berlin, Germany. And with that, by the time you get into mid-December of this year, transiting Mars will be sitting on top of that chart's natal Mars. Mars on top of Mars. Remember, we have gas ruled by Neptune, so that will be in conjunct or a quincunx to natal Neptune in that German chart. So obviously relating to tension in those areas. But I think that's a fascinating correlation that he tied that back to the Czechoslovakia situation in 1938. And interesting, too, that both Hitler and Putin have natal signs ruled by Venus. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a special morning. Thank you, Ray, for this great newsletter. And I'm going to go digest some more of my little putting my own little eyes on Uranus. Got to check off a bucket list item today, so I'm going to go process that. Oh, how cool. You guys have a great day and a great weekend. We'll see you back on Monday. Monday.